gendered issue for all women. Hello, Mickey here. Welcome to one portion of this week's Sunday Chops. Yeah, that's right. It's a double serving kind of week. Not even kind of. Actual double servings. Over on your other plate of tasty ear fodder, Jen chats to journalist Abby Ellen, author of new book, Duped, Double Lives, False Identities and The Con Man I Almost Married. I mean, what a title. They talk about their own experiences of dealing with ne'er-do-wells, why people lie and how it impacts those around them. This one is the second in our series on fertility. If you haven't heard the first of these, where Hannah and I chat with the feckin' awesome Eva McArdle about going solo on the whole baby-making process with IUI, then please do. It's heartfelt and informative and Aoife is a dream, as is her little one. Next week, you can hear me chatting to writer and IVF old hand Christine Robertson about her experiences trying to get pregnant, how IVF is a big test of a person's dignity and sense of humour and what she did when it didn't work. But what about this one? I hear you shout in my face. Indeed. In this chops, Jen and I catch up with fat positive fertility coach Nicola Salmon to chat about her campaign Fat Fertility Matters, the myths surrounding weight and pregnancy and the insidious nature of the diet culture rat race. Over to Nicola. Hello, this is Mickey. I'm with Jen. Hello. And we are joined by Nicola Salmon, who describes herself as a feminist and fat-positive fertility coach. Hi, Nicola. Hi. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right in. Let's go. One of the first things that anyone who's overweight is told is that they need to lose weight or should lose weight to improve their chances of conception. But in your experience, that's not what happened. So I was hoping you could tell us a bit about your experience of conceiving. Feel free to scrimp on certain details <laughs> if you want to. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, this all started when I was 16. I was diagnosed with something called polycystic ovary syndrome. Yeah, PCOS. Yeah. It's quite common, isn't it? Apparently it's like one in three people yeah. suffer from it. And it was one of these things. So that's like 16 odd years ago now. And the doctors turned around and said, you'll be overweight. You you know, all the acne in the hair problems you're experiencing, they're common and you won't be able to have children. So, so that's a really fun condition, though. Yeah, that was the rough deal I was I was landed with at sixteen. Like all these things that teenage girls love, you know, acne, hairy chins, hairy breasts. Yeah. So that's and here's the pill. Here's the oral contraceptive pill. Off you go. So that's what I had. That's what I was told, and I didn't really get any more support with that from sixteen onwards. Just got on with it. Started taking the pill carried on with my day-to-day studies, life. You know, I mean, I didn't really realise then that it affected me kind of emotionally and mentally, but it really had a quite profound impact on my confidence in my body because it was like I didn't have normal periods and I was overweight and it affected my, like, choosing partners, boyfriends. It's like I'd always pick boys that were maybe not the best choices because you know like I thought well if I can't have children if I'm so overweight nobody's gonna love me and all this like really horrible stuff going around my head but eventually I did find a nice man I did get married and then that was when we were starting to try and conceive and I thought it was going to be really hard so I'd already before we got married trained in natural medicine and started making some changes to my health just little tweaks nothing crazy like I didn't like all of a sudden become vegan or you know do some kind of crazy health diet but I just started making little changes because I'd been learning all about this stuff and seeing some improvement in my cycles but I was still 
kind of clinically obese in the BMI scale. I was still having really irregular cycles. So I thought, okay, well, we can start trying now, but it's going to be years or, you know, we're going to have to go down the IVF route. But within a couple of months, I was pregnant with my first child. And then when he was a year old, we got pregnant again with my second. It couldn't have been easier for me. And I was just like, why, you know, like what? how, how did we even do this? Is it, is it immaculate conception? Because it was just too easy. And I'd been told so many times that it was going to be hard. I just had to figure out, you know, what was going on and why it was so simple for us when so many other women struggle with it and are told that it's their weight when if it was weight every time, how on earth did I get pregnant? And was that the point that you decided to become a fat positivity coach was that the turning point or was there anything else that made you want to do that it was kind of one of the steps up into that but at that kind of point when I'd had my kids I was still very much trying to lose weight I was still very much in that kind of diet culture rat race of well now I've had my babies I need to lose the baby weight and I need to cut sugar out of my diet or you know do the latest thing that's gonna make me look better and be healthier and all this and it wasn't really until my first son who's now 25 was old enough to really understand things that I realized like what impact that would have on him so like my language around food the way I was eating the way I was talking about my own body so that was really the turning point for me okay well he's looking at exactly what I'm doing you know if I'm gonna have this issue with food then he's gonna have an issue with food and I don't want that for him so that's when I made a pact to myself that I was never gonna weigh myself again I was never gonna diet again slowly I kept to my pact kept to my promises to myself and built my confidence up around my body and it's only been this year that I've really figured out that actually yes I am in a position to help other people now I can I can help these people it doesn't have to be just lose weight and then you can get pregnant it really is a journey and I'm never going to be perfect but if I don't stand up for these women then you know who else is going to do it Have you made any headway into why so much focus is put on a person's weight when it comes to fertility? I mean, there are studies out there that show there's the relationship between people who are more obese and people struggling to get pregnant, but they haven't proved that the relationship is, you know, causal. Like, there's there's no evidence to show that the fat causes the issue. What I believe is that you can't really separate fat women from issues of yo-yo dieting and negative body image those things go hand in hand so many times that these women have been yo-yo dieting their whole lives and going on low fat diets low carb diets all the trendy diets the negative impact that that must have on their metabolism their reproduction their mm-hmm. you know every single function of their body it just makes complete sense to me that of course there's going to be issues there because of this history of really not looking after ourselves and treating ourselves like utter crap. Also this idea in society that fat people don't have the fitness or the parenting skills to raise healthy, well-adjusted children. How's that working out for you? (laughs) I think my son's pretty (laughs) well-adjusted. Because it's bullshit. It's just like, it's just, it just makes me so angry because, you know, these are, we're just all humans. We're all just trying to do our best. Just because I have fat cells around my stomach does not mean anything about how I parent my children or it doesn't mean that I'm like giving them like cakes for breakfast, cakes for lunch, McDonald's for dinner. You know, it doesn't mean anything about who I am or or anything apart from that I've got cells around my body. And it just makes me so cross that we're conditioned to believe that fat people are lazy or fat people have no motivation or fat people are stupid or ugly or it's just 
so infuriating. Well, all the words you used earlier about being better, sort of healthier, it's all in inverted commas mm. because BMI has been debunked as absolute crap for measuring so many different people. Completely. Yeah, it's something that is still used as a stick to beat people with, basically. It's bonkers because the BMI limit is used for IVF and it's absolutely ridiculous that this measure, like you say, it's just complete bollocks. It was invented by someone who said this should not be used to look at individuals' health. It's just to look at, you know, populations of people. And women are being denied health care, being denied treatment, being denied support to get their children and to have their families because of this arbitrary BMI number. And it just should not be happening. Why do you think it is happening then? Is it? Do you think it's more sinister? Is it we're just going to make it harder for people in general to access what is quite expensive healthcare, I mm. guess? Or is it body shaming, women shaming? Do you have any idea for, for why it is the way it is? Basically, Jen's just going, why? <laughs> yeah. Why yeah, is yeah, this bullshit yeah. happening? Yeah. I think it's really a combination of lots of things. So our medicine system is obviously patriarchal in its design yeah. and in its conception, however long ago. And I think that's just been kind of brought down and further down and filtered down into our day and age now where we are stuck with this system that still dehumanises women and women's health. You know, women still have problems being heard around, you know, if they've got menstrual pain or excessive bleeding or anything to do with women's health. And no one knows why. They just say, men don't it's like normal. It. They yeah. just say, oh, you just have to deal with it. It's, you know, they don't investigate what the problem is. And the WHO have now said that women's periods, women's cycles are a vital sign of health. So we should be mm-hmm. looking at what's going wrong if there's a problem with our healthcare. And there's also this, you know, cultural problem where we deem fat people to be less than the whole recent campaign around obesity being the second leading cause of cancer. Again, that just further stigmatises fat people into thinking that, well, they're going to kill themselves and it's just bad and it's wrong and it's, it's not healthy, but there's no relationship between weight and health. You can be a healthy fat person. Since I've decided to not give a crap about my weight, I have become so much healthier. You know, I am taking care of my body because now I believe... My body is worth taking care of. And it doesn't matter what the number on the scale means. I'm doing it because I want to run around after my kids. I want to feel better in my mood and I want to have better sleep. And these things are so much more important to me now than the number on the scale. So I would deem myself to be a really healthy person. You know, I I exercise a lot and I enjoy it and I feel good and uh, my mood is good. And those to me are so much more important than what anybody else would say is healthy or normal for me. I was going to say something you touched on there is that you seem much more mentally healthy than I imagine yeah. you would be when you're focusing on silly diets. Not silly sounds really dismissive, but d- dangerous diets and this arbitrary ideal of what a woman should look like. I spent so many years focused on dieting. So much of my mental energy was put into what I should eat, what I shouldn't eat, what calories are in that oh my god now I feel guilty for eating that because you know I shouldn't have eaten that and it's I know stuff and... like off by heart how many calories are in things what mm. sort of minus calorie foods what can I get away with because my mum had a very mm. problematic yep. relationship with food and she passed it on and I'm absolutely a grazer I eat rubbish or nothing 
I'm not very good at looking after myself because I've I've inherited that. Mm. Well, this food is this, this food is this, and if you have that, then you can have it. But it means you can't have other stuff now for the rest of the day, and it's so so damaging. It's nuts, isn't it? And it's so like insidious and and everywhere. And because we talk about this quite a lot, me and you, Mick, about how we're scared of carbs. Yeah, for example, a little bit. It's and mad, like, isn't it? It's it is mad, and like you know, because they are delicious. They really are. But also, like, <laughs> quite clearly, neither of us are overweight. And yet I do still have this thing in me, like, oh, don't eat that, oh, don't eat that. And it's absolute nonsense, isn't it? And also, again, because my mum was a bit overweight. She had three kids and she was a bit overweight and she was always watching what she was eating when mm. I was growing up. And that's almost certainly where it comes from. And also it's out there in popular culture, isn't mm. it? Like TV programmes and stuff. That, that There's an ideal that women are supposed to look like that mm. was decided in the 1950s to keep women in their place and we're still going for it now it's mad and if you could imagine the energy that individually we've wasted on this Mm. and then you kind of multiply that by the women that we've got in this country think of the things we could have accomplished oh my god we could have solved brexit guys (laughs) god that's that's where she's gone wrong isn't it (laughs) fucking calorie counting come on Teresa, sort it out it just makes me so angry because we're just being suppressed in this other way and we don't have to be and it's just oh what if what if you know what if we could just do this and take over the world and it would be amazing and yeah hello hannah here constant interrupter just wanted to let you know that if you like what we do you can help us by rating and reviewing us on itunes it really does help especially if you give us five stars did that sound threatening enough give us five stars People aren't shy of having an opinion on women and their weight and particularly around motherhood and bringing kids into the world. And there's a lot of crap out there that is seen to be useful as to what you can do to get pregnant and to make your life better. And sometimes even the best intentioned of help isn't really helpful. So what are you trying to cut through? What are you trying to sort of dismiss as myths? Yeah, I mean, so many people will have well-meaning advice for you. And they do it with, you know, they just want you to be well and healthy, but... Come on now, Nicholas. Some of them are dicks. <laughs> Most of them are dicks. They're well-intentioned dicks. And it's, you know, we've got to look at it from their growing up in the same society where they deem fat to be this evil, ugly thing. And they just want you to be, you know, have your baby. But being fat does not mean you cannot get pregnant. It does not mean that you are going to have gestational diabetes when you are pregnant. It does not mean that you're putting your baby at higher risk of complications and illnesses. It doesn't mean that your babies are going to be fat and waddle around like little sumo babies. Babies are fat. Well, babies should be a healthy, good size. But so many people are putting these risks, you know, oh, well, if you get pregnant when you're fat then your babies are going to be unhealthy. And how could you even think about being a mother at the size you are? Because you are just, you know, for the next generation. Don't you care about your future children? All this guilt and shame around it. You know, these women already feel guilty, completely ashamed of their body size, completely ashamed of being Thanks, Western society. (laughs) Thanks for that. It, you know, they don't need any more of it. So I think we should just all mind our own bloody business about it. <laughs> OK, so what are you specifically doing to get rid of that and to make women, whatever weight they are, feel 
more confident about going out there and getting pregnant if that's what they want to do. So I've launched a campaign recently called Fat Fertility Matters where I'm supporting and highlighting the issues that fat women face. It's all about just raising awareness and saying, hey, look, these women do want to get pregnant and that's okay. They're not putting their health at risk. They're not putting their babies at risk. We need to look at the evidence and we need to stop being fat phobic about this and we need to stop being stupid about it because these women deserve to have families just as much as anybody else who's a quote normal size it's just so frustrating that we even have to say that out loud i know it should be obvious right yeah right (laughs) and what has the response been like oh it's been overwhelmingly positive i was kind of bracing myself for a little bit of trolling on instagram because i have had a few comments some of them kind of thinly veiled as well meaning comments from other healthcare professionals who are like well you know the evidence shows that fat is bad when it comes to fertility and we need to make sure we're looking after our patients. Dick but... snicker. <laughs> but it's been overwhelmingly positive. So many women have messaged me and commented saying, oh my God, thank you, because no one else is saying this. No one else is supporting me. I just feel like shit all the time because I don't know what to do. Like I feel like I have to lose weight, but I don't want to lose weight. I don't want to kind of get into this diet culture again, but... I've got nothing else to do and I've got no one else to talk to about it. The attitudes towards big women and pregnancy do seem to be sort of symptomatic of a wider pressure to conform to those ideals we've Mm. been talking about. What do you think we as a society, as individuals, can be doing to combat that? I think individually we all just need to let go of the bullshit. I mean, if everybody was just able to be kinder to themselves, then we would lose all the judgment and we would just let everybody just go about their business, do their own thing, be happy in their skins. And just because we all have this inner monologue of, oh my God, you've got to do this and you should be doing this and all beating ourselves up constantly in our heads. If we're and all... comparing ourselves to mm. others as well. And if we just let that go a little bit and we're just kinder to ourselves, then I think we'd all just be a little bit kinder to everybody else. I've got a question. Go for it. So obviously there's like a lot of pressure and a lot of chat about about overweight women and fertility mm. and whatnot. Does the same thing happen in reverse? Because we all know that you can't be too fat, you can't be too thin, you can't. You just got to be what people want you to be, apparently, which is normal or, or whatever. Normal in inverted commas. Normal in inverted commas. <laughs> no one knows what that means. Exactly. Um, so is there any pressure at, on the other side of things mm. about thin women? Because there can be problems on that side can't there definitely yeah there are so many issues because if you kind of have issues with your weight on the other side so you're feeling underweight then you can lose your periods altogether and then you're introducing this issue where okay well they're telling you you need to put on weight and obviously that comes with its own issues as well because so many women have problems putting on weight Mm. because it feels wrong to eat fat to eat carbs to eat in a way that satisfies your body and makes, you know... But you feel like you have to do it. Well, that's Um, just their metabolism. Some women are just naturally really slender. Yeah. But also, what about stress and anxiety and things like that? Because that, I would imagine, stress and anxiety, generally not great for health. Could that have a detrimental impact on your ability to conceive? It's huge. It's just, you know, this mental component of it is just ginormous and there are so many ways that these women are being told every day that they're not good enough 
every time they'll look at their lunch, they'll think, oh my gosh, well, I should be eating that, I shouldn't be eating that. And this is just this chronic stress that they're under. Their body's not getting a break from feeling in this stressed out state. And when your body's in that stressed state, what it does is it diverts all its resources, all its energy to your heart to pump the blood around faster, to your muscles in case you want to run away to your lungs so you can breathe fast and it kind of diverts it away from digestion and your reproduction yeah I can say this though stress does make me feel very sexy (laughs) and ready to copulate oh wait wait no no it doesn't because it affects your sex drive as well if you're super stressed and anxious and that, that's that's a big part of the whole getting pregnant deal. I understand. I've got cats. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. You know, you're not going to want to have sex when you're feeling like, you know, if you've got a fat body and you hate it so much, you're not going to want to have sex every evening. You're just going to want to like, OK, well, we'll we'll do it on ovulation. And every we'll... evening, Nicola, you absolute tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find out more about your campaign and how can people get in touch with you? My campaign is over on Instagram. My handle is Fat Positive Fertility. And my website is nicolasalmon.co.uk. And that's salmon, S A L M O N. Yeah. Like the fish. Like the fish. I say that all the time. Yeah, I bet you do. (laughs) What other kind of salmon is there? I don't know. You might spell it double M O N. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) Don't eat that one, though, Jen. That one's dangerous. It's not a fish. Okay. Nicola, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me got plans for valentine's day no me either actually that's a lie i do and those plans are moving to a new location as of february the 14th in london we will be at king's place near king's cross and we will be hosting the fantastic dame claire of balding and the excellent sarah pascoe Tickets are on sale now, so, you know, get them quickly because they are going to sell like baked goods that are warm. Get yourself over to www.sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue where you can find out about this and all of our other excellent shows. Standard issue for all women.